Hey, Diz After Dark listeners. I want to invite you all to join us over on ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. ScareZone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hottie, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. To Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hello and welcome to another edition of Universal After Dark. I am Nick and tonight I am joined by a, um, a duo of Pauls. I think that's that's yeah. a fair way of, of saying it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I yeah, would well. I would say, uh, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, my favourite pools that still regularly contribute to the podcast, Mr. D and P Dubs, a pair of pools. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, some people might argue that that's purely because you're the only people <laughs> left to continue to work on his show, but. Yeah, I'd agree with that, but that's not the point. It, that, that doesn't lessen the impact of you being here, uh, and it's always a pleasure to be joined uh, by both of you. So, thank you, um, and apologies in advance for people listening because there's no Mr. Ripley and there's no Amanda. So we know what happens when I'm in charge of a universe after dark. <laughs> it's a bit like stuff that often gets slung at walls by monkeys. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's all going to probably go a bit chaotic, but I will try my best to keep it on um on the right path. That's that's all I can say. I mean, I can't can't promise anything and I'm definitely not going to guarantee anything, but we'll we'll see what we can do. Um so so guys, how are we? Doing good. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a bit more about Mr. Washington later because that's a. I'd argue that's slightly a bit of a lie. If I'm being honest there, <laughs> P Dubs. I think you might be, uh, you know, doing that actor thing of uh, of covering up the reality. But yeah. we'll, we'll discuss that later on, um, possibly into our next show. Um, yes. We're going to ruin podcast magic now and see that we're recording this at the same time. So we're doing Universal After Dark, and then we're doing Diz After Dark, and I don't care. Like we, sh- we should actually not reveal that, but I'm, I don't care. Craig's not here to tell me off, so it's fine. Um, so if you want to hear about why Paul Washington might not be in the, um, the correct state, um, or like mentally, not not in any other way, um, then you might want to have to listen to the next episode of Disaster Dark, which follows this one. We might allude to it a bit later on. But anyway, we're here to talk about Universal. Now, I've not done too many of these. Do we drink on Universal After Dark? Do I have to wait till the next show to open my beer, or can I... Um, uh, I think it, go for yeah, it. it's only yeah. going to get warm if you do that. Well, that's, that's yeah. the point. It's out of the fridge, so it is. Um, so I have got uh, a new beer. I've not tried this one before. Um, it's from a, a brewery from where you come from, Mr. D. Mm-hmm. Ish. 
Um, you originate from, not where you are now. West Sussex. <laughs> that's, that's why I quickly, quickly uh, go back on what I said. Um, I've got a brew dog, um, and this one is called Kingpin. I've had some of their beers, but I've not had a Kingpin. So Kingpin is a 21st century lager, which is good, really, because if it was like a 20th oh, yeah. century lager or a 19th century lager, you like, I don't really think I'd be that keen on opening it. But as it's a new one, hang on. The most quiet bottle opening ever. Um, but there it is. So, hang on. What's that like? That's quite nice, actually. I'd, I'd argue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 21st century lager, but I'd argue it's more like a pal owl. It's, it's um, quite fruity. Mm. No, it's nice. Can't be bad. No, it's very nice, actually. I think I might have to buy some more of those. Uh, what are you guys drinking? Well, talking about fruity, I have a Copperberg mixed fruits. Mixed fruits. Yeah. Actually, I had one on the last podcast as well. I think this is from the same batch. <laughs> I did hi- hijack a, a lorry of it. Well, when in, when in West Sussex. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Washington. Cheers. Uh, I have got a Jack Daniels and Lemonade. Ooh, look at you with shorts. Yeah. In tribute to Craig, I imagine, mm-hmm. shorts. So, yeah. well, yes, indeed. Cheers, everybody. And Cheers. Uh, and so we begin with um, this edition of Universal After Dark. Now, just like all our other podcasts, we haven't actually really planned anything. However, um, I remember the news story that I, I looked at and I thought would be very relevant to what's going on because, um, as people will know, um, Halloween Horror Nights is in full swing. It is. Um, yeah. I know. I know you're going soon, Paul. So I'm assuming you haven't purposely watched any videos. But uh, P Dubs, have you uh, have you seen any of the the houses at all? Yeah, I've I've seen a few bits and pieces. Mm. Um, certainly, the the trackers have been visiting quite regularly. Um, not so much the houses that they they don't tend to record in the houses, but uh, a lot of the scare zones and things like that, I've seen quite a bit of. Okay. Yeah, now I have to confess, I've been watching similar videos, so I've been trying to go spoiler-free. So I don't know much about what's inside the houses, but I know I've got a good idea of the scare zones and the Bill and Ted and that sort of thing. Well, I mean, I don't know much about history. Um, I don't know much about biology, which has got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I've got to be honest, like, I've been... I've been Looking at some of the houses, I, I've um, purposely been looking at the um, the Hollywood houses mm-hmm. rather than the Florida ones, mainly because one, there's more videos of them for some reason. Um, yeah, they don't stop you recording in Hollywood. Oh right, is that what it is? They're very, yeah, they're very laid back about oh, recording over there. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I don't, I don't understand that because, well, in, in, in I suppose in some ways I do because what I've learned is that I'm still a bit of a pussy. That's what I've learned. Not that I'm... I'm not watching the videos and going, oh my God, or anything like that, but I'm watching them and I'm thinking, if I was actually there now, I probably would pee myself a little. That's the thing. So I'm okay watching the videos, but when you're there, it's it's a, it's a, it's a bit different. And I suppose the thing is, from, from a British point of view, we don't, we don't, you know, Halloween's only really been a 
a thing for probably our generation, actually. Mm. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's really. I mean, Mr. D, you're just a couple of years older than, than me and P Dubs. Just a tad. I don't remember them actually burning Guy Fox though. <clears throat> not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, like the ones you make, not the actual man himself. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, what was Halloween like when you was like a child? <laughs> I can just, I can just hear Craig Lucas if he was here. He'd be giving me some stuff right now. Oh, of course he would. That's why I'm doing it now. <laughs> he'll be shouting stuff out like when he's listening he will to be it, I yeah. know but um, Halloween was um, it wasn't as commercial by any means I mean it was a big deal for for kids and getting dressed up and going out for Halloween was definitely a big deal mm. but what you would get you know would be uh, it would be some sweets be some fruit and quite a bit of money and the money was basically my firework fund for the 5th of November so anything I collected on Halloween, I'd be straight up buying fireworks that are pretty much illegal these days. Things like jumping jacks and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, bonfires. Uh, on ha- well, that's Guy Fox, I guess. But yeah, trick-or-treating um, and then a party afterwards. Dunking for apples and counting your swag and all sorts of things. The adults having a, a few um, alcoholic beverages. <laughs> But not not as commercial, you know. People didn't decorate their houses for one thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know that's that's starting to become bigger in the UK, and it's huge in certain parts of America. Yeah. Um. And it just just wasn't, you know, um. It was a one night affair. It wasn't like a big multi week or like uh. You know, I think the Mickey's not so scary. I think it started on something like the sixth of September or the eighth of September. I mean, it's crazy, really. I, mean, I, I get why they, they start it so early because if it was just a one night thing it like you, it'd be just be too rammed so you wouldn't they'd yeah. sell out and then be so many left over do you know what I mean yeah. like they, they, you know the reason they have it for so long is because they sell a lot of tickets um, yeah. and people can't always go so I I get it but I mean the thing is even since I was a kid like you're right about the houses and I would say that it's still very rare to see a decorated house over here mm. but i remember it you know it wasn't very complex even like going like now if you go into like an asda which you know of course it's owned by walmart um but if you go to like any supermarket they now have halloween sections yeah from about the end of uh, about the end of august really um but we never used to get stuff like that. You might get a little bit a couple of weeks before Christmas, uh, before <laughs> yeah, before Christmas, mm. before Halloween, um, and it'd be like a few masks and stuff like that. But now, you know, it's all about costumes, and it feels that we're slowly, ever so slowly, catching up in America. But it's yeah. of course a massive deal when I was a kid. It does seem to be getting more and more popular. But I remember when I was growing up watching things like uh, Roseanne, mm-hmm. and Roseanne would always have a really big uh, Halloween episodes they'd always they'd be famous for them. the Simpsons obviously have famous Halloween episodes um, and you get a lot of American sitcoms that do but you know so from so I, I understood the kind of culture mm-hmm. but never been um, like growing up with it and so we've not really had that kind of really scary haunted house kind of culture you don't yeah. really crappy haunted houses at fun fits and stuff like that but mm. nothing like what you find in America 
And no. as, as Craig found last year when he went to um, he went to that cool maze, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Farmageddon. 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 And uh, <laughs> there's um, there's one shopping centre near me this year, um, in 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 Southend where they're doing like a, a kind of zombie attack, Dawn of the Dead style event for a couple of nights. But you know they're quite new, and so. Yeah. Like scare zones and, and you know the houses they have at Halloween Horror Nights are still quite intense for me, but yeah. in America it's it's I mean and I you know obviously that people feel scared of them in America, but because it's it's been more part of the culture, it seems to be um, more commercial and more yeah. accepted, I suppose, and and not quite as uh, hard for us to kind of understand. Yeah, well, I mean, we lived in America for a couple of years, and we found that Americans generally made a much bigger deal of the holidays, whether it was, you know, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, Fourth um, of July. You know, they were they were much bigger events and quite commercial as well. And um, we kind of got taken by surprise because we we had a season ticket for Six Flags near Chicago, and we went down to the Halloween uh, event there. With the kids, who were quite young, really. They were probably about seven and nine. And we took them into the park, and the park was all decorated, and there were little spooky things and spooky shows, and the cast members or the the employees were dressed up um, in kind of fun horror costumes. And we thought, this is great. You know, it was good. It wasn't too scary. But there were two paid-for haunted, like, tents, haunted houses. And it was right at the end of the night, and my, my eldest is like, Dad, Dad, can we go into the haunted house? And we said, yeah, it's all been good. You know, let's take him in there. Oh, my God, what a mistake <laughs> that was. <laughs> they're, still, they're still receiving therapy for that one. There was, it was very much a kind of Halloween Horror Nights type thing with chainsaws, the guy with the chainsaw, and people popping out of the walls, and it was all dark, and oh, my God, it was, it was, uh, it was a big mistake. Yeah. But uh, but it was really you know it was on a different level from anything that we had seen here. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that, Paul. Uh, I kind of stumbled upon it as well. Uh, went to LA and it just happened to be Halloween time, so I thought, oh, I'll book a ticket for Halloween Horror Nights, not knowing a thing about it. <laughs> and all I'd seen was like a poster that said they'd got Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface. I thought, oh, that'd be that'd be good. There'd be a couple of people dressed up like them. You thought that was a boy band? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) I thought it was Backstreet Boys or something like that. A bit later on in their career. Um, But being in Hollywood at that time, they've got a parade through West Hollywood. Yeah. And it's like, my God, they really do take this seriously. Mm, Yeah. It's it's, it's good, but I think it's just hard for us to kind of comprehend. Hmm. Because you're not used to it. In the same way that, you know, Americans every year, it's tradition to watch um, the cartoon version of The Grinch That Stole Christmas. And at Halloween, you know, um, Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin Patch. You know. Now, I've seen the animated Grinch, but I really like the film. Now, I like the film because I didn't grow up watching that cartoon every year. Most people hate that film, the Grinch film, because it's uh, different to the cartoon. But I really like the Grinch film because I've got nothing to compare it against. It's a bit like you know when Ghostbusters came out earlier this year. 
the people that were most vocal about how it was going to suck were the people that loved the original. Well, mm. what about all the people that it was, you know, the new generation of people that were going to watch it who didn't have, it may have seen the original Ghostbusters, but certainly wouldn't have had the um, the 30 years knowledge of it that most of us did. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. it's different. Um, so, it, you know, it's hard for us to kind of comprehend how these things are, but... Uh, basically, I'm just trying to find a really elaborate way to say why I'm such a wuss, and don't don't take it too harsh on me. At the same time, that wouldn't stop me going to Halloween Horror Nights again, because I went and after I got used to it, I did enjoy myself. But it mm-hmm. just took me a bit longer to get into the swing of things than I had expected. You know, yeah. and, and night, uh, Paul, when you said there about going out there and buying a ticket and not knowing what you was expecting. That's how I was. I mean, I went the year, uh, the, the 20th anniversary, so it was Freddie Jason and, and um, Leatherface then as well. And, you know, I had, you know, ideas it was going to be quite, you know, scary, but I expected it to be more on the comedy side, not, you know, real yeah. door kind of stuff. And I think that's, you know... You, they do it really well because it is like you're being in the films and I've seen the the Exorcist house in Hollywood and it's not a carbon copy of the film because it, it can't be exactly but you know obviously there are a lot of things that you see in the film and it's done really really well you recognise it's being the film and, and you kind of get that sense of you could have been walking on the movie set yeah Yep. And, and that's obviously yeah. the aim. It's not done on the cheap, and uh, I suppose that's why these events are so popular. So, so you must be really looking forward to it, Mister D, after talking about how it scares us. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Kids are all grown up now. Yeah. So you know, you just they've just cleared therapy, and you thought, right now, now you've recovered. <laughs> I'm going to take to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, they got so. to pay for their own therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you've done it. Fair enough. Oh yeah. So. Um, in your opinion, uh, Paul, from what you've you've watched already, um, would there be anything that you would suggest to Mr. D that he should try and make a beeline for? Now, weirdly, I think the the show that they've got on the the main stage it seems to have really taken off. Um, I think a lot of people were really quite surprised by it. Um, it's kind of a dance troupe, but. Um, kind of in a really violent, horrific way. <laughs> well, so I'd be so, like 90s boy bands then. Because, I mean, yeah. for every take that, there was like um, a... Oh. A1. Then, no, I see, I was thinking A1, but they weren't too bad. I'm thinking no. even worse than that, like a nine um, a NYC. <laughs> you know, one, like one that wasn't even, like, barely a one-hit wonder. Yeah. I should not even remember, but I do because I'm sad. Um, you know, I'm talking more, you know, even worse than that kind of thing. But yeah, sounds similar. <laughs> similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, definitely, I definitely recommend that from what I've seen. Who's who's featured in that? Is that Chance or? No, it's not. It's it literally is a dance troupe that I believe was on Americans America's Got Talent. Oh, mm. it, uh, Jabberwockies. No, not the Jabberwockies. They're still in Hollywood. Um, there's one? another one, and I can't even remember what they're called. Yeah, um, I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, everybody was expecting it to be a chance show, and then they went and announced this. But everybody's been really 
quite kind about it. So, and I did see a bit of it last night actually. And it looked quite clever. It was kind of like shadow dancing, like behind a screen. Okay, okay. So, quite like that. As I said, I've not seen huge amounts of the mazes. No. Uh, scare zones. I still like the the one that's outside San Francisco. Mm. I can't, again, I can't remember the name. I'm having yeah, it's like the yeah blank. The wash like a one. haunted ship. Yeah. Yeah, that that does look good. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, I quite like the look of the vampire one, like the 1950s. Yeah. Uh, vampire. Yeah. yeah, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's getting really good reviews. It'll be interesting um, with this talk of like the. Um, well, not the the talk of, but you know this new Universal Monsters uh, franchise they're coming out with to see what happens in the next few years with Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, it'll be it will definitely be interesting to see whether uh, they've got to pick up, surely. Well, not only that as well, but I mean it must it must be a, a great way of saving on license fees. Yeah. Because mm. you know I mean I, I you know I don't know how much these things cost, but I'd imagine that the Walking Dead must be really really hefty because it's you know the second biggest show in the world at the moment or something it's going to be yeah, the, the, uh, it, behind yeah, the only, yeah the only saving grace for that is though that they don't have to they don't use the rights to the character likenesses oh mm. yes of course yeah that's true so that is one one saving grace on the cost of the license yeah because i imagine that would bump up the cost a bit more and yeah. uh I mean, American Horror Story, it's popular, but I mean, it's not the same level of of a, a Walking Dead, so yeah. it still must have cost a pretty penny. Um, mm. You know, Krampus is, is a Universal franchise, well, Universal film, isn't it? Um, so that's one they'll they'll get relatively on the cheap. But you know, I do wonder, you know, if in three or four years' time, we're talking about a Halloween Horror Nights where, you know, eighty or ninety percent of all of the um, attractions, all of the, the scare zones and the houses are based around Universal Monsters. Yeah. Which, of course, would be yeah. really good news for Chris Ripley's book. Mm-hmm. Chris Ripley's got a book? I know. You know, not even here and he's getting a plug. So much we like. <laughs> yes. Universal Monster Origins. I believe it's the title of the book. Mm-hmm. If, you type, yeah. if you type Chris Ripley into Amazon... You'll find it. Um, other other places to buy books are available, but I don't think you can buy it at other places at the moment. So just go to Amazon. Have a cheap plug on us, Amazon. Um, yeah, so um, that that would be quite interesting. But this isn't just going to be a Halloween Horror Night show. Although saying that the first news story I picked up <laughs> is about Halloween Horror Nights. In my defence, though, it's the biggest thing at the moment. So it no is. doubt. Yeah. A lot of things are going to be uh, talking about that, so you know that's 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 what I'm going to say on it. Um, but yeah, I was going to say friend of the show then, but that's obviously a lie. But um, Halloween Horror Nights has caused a little bit of controversy, hasn't it? It certainly has. Yeah. So um, do tell. <laughs> I would, mm. I would love to tell I've lost the story, but I'm going to find it. <laughs> I've got it. Well, basically, well, actually, you know what, Paul, you've got there first, so you, I'm still scrolling back to where it is. So go on, leave it off. So basically, when 
J.K. Rowling was looking to sell off the rights to Harry Potter for theme park use. She went to Disney and basically they told her that they would have full control over it, that she wouldn't be able to stop them doing anything anything they wanted to it. Um, So she walked away. Um, Universal came to her and said, you have full control over everything. That's fine. We'll let you plan whatever you want. Uh, and she told them that they weren't allowed to use it for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, so this year they've decided to use it um, in a way that doesn't fit with the Potterverse. I, by all accounts. Yeah, so let, let, let's kind of expand this a little bit. So effectively what's happened, and fill me in where I'm wrong, but what they've done... So one of the one of the terms of this thing is well, this the, the, you know her her deal with universal and the fact she's got creative control and all this kind of stuff is that she didn't want um the harry potter worlds because obviously there's two now um to be used during halloween horror nights so whilst most attractions are open those parts of the park they don't i mean they haven't done islands adventure for a long old time now but um now that Harry Potter's in, in both parts, um, they're not allowed to be open during Halloween Horror Nights. So those parts of the park are to remain closed. And what they've done is they have um, projected some stuff onto uh, Gringotts. Was it Gringotts or was it... I think it was actually the outside. I think it was Grimmauld Place and right, okay. King's Cross. Um, I believe the actual bit of the park is open. Um, they leave the ride open because it's one of the stay and screen places. Right. Um, mm. But there's nothing inside it that's Halloween Horror Night related. Um, yeah, it's, no decorations it's, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fact that they've started projecting stuff on the outside of it that's caused the kerfuffle. Yeah. So it's it's... I can't work out. I mean, I've seen some pictures. I can't work out what it actually is. I mean, it's orange. Um, It looks, I suppose, like some kind of pattern of some kind. Yeah. The only way to really describe it. I can't really tell from the pictures what it's supposed to be. Um, But, uh, sure enough, they've projected it onto uh, this, this area. And that goes against the uh, you know the the terms that she set out that it wasn't going to be Halloweened. I don't know if that's the correct verb, but let's just go with it. Um, so, and the problem is of course that now everything's on social media. That's how it's come to light. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know it, it, everyone sees everything within minutes or hours, um, and so she she caught wind of this and uh, this is what I love about the, this quote in the story which you can find at um, uh, a website called hhnunofficial.com no idea who, uh, who who does anything involved with that website um, but what I like here is the fact that um, she instructed her team to call Universal I love that yeah. I love that someone's got that much power that you know, I'm not going to pick up the, the phone to Universal. My team will pick up the phone to Universal. <laughs> just, just brilliant. So, um, 
Yeah, so the, the projection is now on the floor. Yeah. Um, and apparently, that's, this is uh, allegedly, so we can't get sued, because I'm not saying this, this is what was said, this is allegedly. Um, she said that if Universal continues to add unapproved decorations to the area, the whole land will be shut forthwith for any future Halloween Horror Nights. Now, what's amazing, like, because I have always said that the best thing Universal did in getting the Harry Potter rights, in a lot of ways, was giving her the the final say on things, because it's made it much better than it would have been. And yeah. I'm not to say that, like, Universal wouldn't have done a great job had they not had that caveat in there, but because you've got somebody who is, you know, it, it's her passion project that is so adamant on making sure it's perfect that, um, you know, all the little details, because they would have skimmed on details. Of course they would have skimmed on details. There would have been things they wouldn't have thought of. So for that reason, it's made the whole uh, Harry Potter um, project universal uh, a much better thing than it would have been. But at the same time, I suppose, how much rope do you want to give yourself to hang yourself with? Because now this has happened. And if she has the power to turn around and say that it has to be shut down during Halloween Horror Nights, that's that's pretty bad. Mm. I think. So, it's a bit like the Sam Allardyce situation that's going on in England at the moment. <laughs> if you don't cover enough bases, if you leave too many things open to interpretation, this is what can happen. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a shame. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's an overreaction? Um, I suppose it's one of these things where she probably wants to, um, she might feel like they're trying to pull a fast one and just get the thin end of the wedge in there. Um, but the, the strange thing is though, that she's allowed it in Japan, hasn't she? Yeah. There's a, there's a Death Eater scare zone in Universal Studios Japan. Don't, don't but I guess too loudly in case she hears it. Maybe she hasn't authorised it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, assuming she's authorised it, <laughs> we'll um, tweet her a neck layer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text her. Don't worry. I'll get I'll get my team to text her. Yeah, you get your people to contact her people. It's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do a lunch sometime. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it may be that that was all above board and arranged. But this one, she feels like they're trying to sneak one under the under the wire. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, he's making a point, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, possibly, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. Hey, Dubs, anything you want to say on that? Uh, just an agreement. It, it's a, it's a strange situation because it was always thought that she didn't want them touching that part of the park at all during Halloween Horror Nights, and then all of a sudden this year she's gone. Yep, yeah, Japan, you can do it. It's fine. But then the littlest thing with a bit of lighting on something seems a little bit of an overreaction in my my opinion I think yeah. but then we haven't uh, you know had massive franchises to our name no made us well we've, we've got three what are you talking about <laughs> yeah I said I said they made us multi-millionaires <laughs> you, think, oh, you seem to yeah. ignore that caveat <laughs> Craig gets all of that that is true it is true but you know he, he puts a lot of work in so it's deserved. Right, so it's it's time to talk about the other sponsor we have uh, for the Arthur Dark Podcast Network. And, gents, if you were thinking 
as you you have done previously and you will do again if you was thinking about uh, booking a trip to you know one of the parks that we've talked about who would you think of of asking or, or at least approaching well there's only Wendy. one name one name that springs to mind only Wendy so Wendy's so famous she's only got one name like Madonna or Cher well it's not actually true she has she has two because she's got a surname as well which is Pratter so of course Wendy Pratter at Magical Magical Journeys Travels so we're so well prepared with this it's like we've been practicing all day finishing off each other's sentences sandwiches for God's (laughs) sake this is totally unorganized but we may be unorganized but Wendy is not oh smooth you see that's what, she, did that. that's what she's there for. Um, I'm a big fan of your work. Oh well, we're a big fan of Wendy's work, which is which is the point more than that. Um, you know, whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved, and I think we can all attest to that. Yep, and our burgers yep. are good as well. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, and of course now with Magic Bands everything else is even more complex I mean geez, the last time I went it was much easier than it is nowadays so you know Wendy can be the person to take away that pain of getting a reservation for Be Our Guest where front of the show that Florida guy just tried, tried the grey stuff yeah hasn't reported back yet as to what it tasted like um, and you know you could try and get a fast pass for Anna and Elsa now, if us mere uh, muggles or, or mortals uh, tried to get a fast pass for Be Our Guest or Anna and Elsa meet and greets, how successful do you think we would be? Well, I've already failed. I didn't get, I didn't get an idea for Be Our Guest. See? So I wish, I'd, I wish I'd gone to Wendy for that one. <laughs> Wendy, not just the home of good burgers the mm-hmm. home of good travel planning so yeah. visit Wendy at WPMagicJourneys.com or you can contact her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys and of course if you mention that you heard one of our amazing podcasts uh, and that's how you got to uh, to hear of Wendy uh, she'll give you $25 off your deposit for any trip package and uh, our own Mr Ripley at the moment has been on a one of the Disney cruises and uh, she's able to offer generous on-board credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Something to bear in mind. So if you are thinking of, uh, of you know, making a trip before you go anywhere else, go and find Wendy Pratt at Magical Journeys Travels. WPMagicJourneys.com Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you'll feel like a Pratt. Was there anything else that... Um, people wanted to to mention about universe that's been going on at the moment um there's a few other things i guess the jimmy fallon raid seems to be progressing quite quite well but (sighs) i I don't know i can't yeah i can't get excited about that what about you guys you're looking forward to that Nah, not at all i i like uh i like fallon Mm -hmm. not as much as I, i like kimmel I think Fallon's uh, show's not quite as. I mean, I don't. We don't, we don't really get American talk shows over here. Um, like we we seem to get them for a little bit of time, and then they disappear. Like I don't yeah. know if anyone remembers. Like they used to show David Letterman, 
and he'd be on Comedy Central or Paramount Comedy Channel, whatever it was at the time, for a while. And then it would disappear for a few years. And then, like, ITV2 would pick it up. And it would be shown on there for a couple of years. And then it would go. And it's always been a bit like that. And I remember a few years ago, we got Conan over here on uh, True TV. And that, there was, like, a lot of hype around it. And that's slowly been removed. And it can't be, there can't be much money in putting these shows on over here. But they show them at such uh, late nights. You know, we get them very early hours in the morning. So I don't really know. They can't really cost that much to show. You'd think they just carry on with them, but yeah, oh whatever. But um, so yes, yeah, so I, I suppose he's not really a a massive name, and I think that could be quite a problem actually when you think about it, because when you think of Shrek or uh, old attractions Jaws or The Mummy or or even Twister, they were massive films. They were films that were shown around the world, not just at the cinema, but also obviously on, on TV and that. Well, Jimmy Fallon is really an American thing. Outside of America, his fan base is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got to wonder how much of a hook that's going to be. I would have understood it if it was going into Hollywood, because doesn't he doesn't his film does his, his show get filmed out of Hollywood? No, he's New York New based. York. Of course, he's New yeah. York. Yeah, Lil Michaels. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, mate, so maybe like Florida is the right one then. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just I, I I don't know. I just don't think it's got the star power that a Universal attraction needs. If I'm honest. Yeah. See, I'm I'm more excited about that than the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Having seen what the Fast and the Furious is in Hollywood. Well, exactly. That's yes. the only reason why. If you were told that there's a Jimmy Fallon attraction and there's a Fast and Furious attraction coming, and like the Fast and Furious didn't exist in Hollywood, are you telling me you wouldn't be more excited about Fast and Furious? Mm, yeah, I see your point with that. I don't get me wrong. Be... We've seen the Hollywood. I've seen the Hollywood version. It's a load of tosh. But yeah. if that hadn't existed, I'd be like, yes, why isn't this a ride already? Yeah. You know. But Fallon just doesn't do it. The ride can be really good. You know, they, they're obviously, they've planned it for a, a long time. And, you know, I mean, what's it been, about two years now since they first announced it? Yeah, I think so. You no, know, it's getting there slowly but surely. But it's, yeah, it's just, just uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, from what I've seen of it, the, the technology looks really quite clever. But whether they put that into... Action is a different story. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not that, you know, because I've always thought it was going to be, I mean, I've got no idea what the ride's going to be like. I always thought it was going to be a little bit like Soaring and that kind of thing, just based on, on what they said the premise was going to be like, yeah. like travelling around New York and stuff. But, um, you know, Soaring doesn't have any names or anything like that, but then like Soren's in a park which doesn't rely well certainly didn't used to until recently rely on franchises or things that were named they were all kind of original ideas and concepts whilst Universal's hook has always been ride the movies yeah 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 it's true alright that's that's my take on it anyway hmm Was there yep, a, so, it got so cool. I was just going to say, other than that, I uh, I don't have any other 
Universal News. Seems, other than no. Halloween Horror Nights, seems to be a bit, 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 bit bereft at the moment, I'd say. Yeah, definitely feels like it. It seems like that Halloween Horror Nights has taken the uh, taken the show on the road, as to speak, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing about Mr. Ripley's R.I.P. tour and Amanda's experiences yeah. there. When is, it, um, when is it they're going on that? Can you remember? Uh, Amanda's pretty, pre- yeah. I think Chris is, is in September, right? isn't it? Oh no, maybe not. No, I think it's this weekend. Right. Because Amanda flies out Friday. Mhm. And I know her and Chris only kind of cross over for a couple of days. Right. Right. Yes, it must be quite. Uh, and quite I imagine because Logan's going as well, isn't he? Yeah. He'll only probably be down for the weekend. Mhm. Actually, I don't know you actually saying that because isn't I'm sure Logan's got a music festival this weekend. The uh, the La Puerta. Oh, Puertas, yeah. 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 Yeah, but I think I think he is. They've got that RIP tour booked together. I think haven't they? Yeah. So they're probably going to pack that in at the same time. I would think. Coming soon then. So yeah. So that's going to be coming up on a on a future edition of Universal Last Dark when um, when people are back from their. Uh, the vacays, yeah. as the cool kids call it. Yeah. I think I think cool kids call it that anyway. I don't know. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to stay relevant nowadays. I believe um, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, without starting another podcast, because we really don't need to start another podcast, but uh, it was something Amanda had um, suggested talking about, and... Um, I saw I saw a bit of it earlier on and thought it was quite interesting. And in fact, there is so little Universal news at the moment to really go on. Um, I think we should talk about the recent um, <laughs> recent, as in today's uh, announcements about SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. So we're going to turn a little bit into SeaWorld After Dark now, <laughs> which I don't think is going to be one of their offerings next year, actually. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they've, they've announced a few things because um, I, without without being uh, making it sound too dramatic, SeaWorld are pretty much in the poop at the moment financially. They're yeah. really not doing very well. They've uh, they've had to make a uh, not a profit warning, but they've uh, they've had to go to their kind of shareholders and and not pay dividends and and invest it back into. Uh, parks, uh, which is never a good sign. Um, I, I think the blackfish effect is really kicking into gear now. Unfortunately, um, I say unfortunately because I mean I've I think we have we all seen that documentary Blackfish. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, while um, obviously there were some things that were quite unsavoury. I think like a lot of documentaries, it's it's obviously a, a version of, it's an interpretation of. I don't think it's just as clear-cut as it's been made out to be. So I, I do feel a little bit sorry for them. But at the same time, if it improves practices over there, then that's that's only going to be a good thing. Um, so there's a few things they've announced of things they're changing. Um, and one of them is Kraken. Now, yeah. has everyone been on Kraken? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, I don't think I've been on Kraken. 
Manta just opened when we last went there. That was a new ride, but I don't think I ever went on Kraken. I went on Journey to Atlantis, um, which was interesting. That's an interesting ride, isn't it? It's very odd. It doesn't seem to know where it wants to be. It's kind of like a coaster and a log flume. And a dark. Yeah. It's, reading, reading this article, that's also getting an update. Um, but it classes it as a water coaster. I'd say it's a water coaster more than a roller coaster because there isn't much there isn't much of a roller coaster section, is there? It's quite brief. The actual roller coaster part of it. You know, it's kind of half dark ride, half walks a ride, and well, that's too many halves. <laughs> a, 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 a light sprinkling of uh, of coaster. Um, but uh, that, that's just me. But um, what they do with Kraken, um, and I believe it's going to be the first um, VR coaster in Florida, um, is they're going to add headsets to it. Now, they seem to be doing this quite a lot. It seems to be the new thing. It's a little bit like a few years ago when 3D was going to be the next big thing. Yeah. So like, all films had to be made in 3D and you know 3D TVs and everything like that. Um, you know, quite a few uh, theme parks have added VR to to their attractions. So Alton Towers have just opened up one, haven't they? Yeah, they changed air. Yeah, and I think is there another one over here? Did they do it to one of their other parks as well? Yeah, did they do something at oh, Thought oh, Park? I think I'm sure Thought Park's got one as well. Yeah. Oh, that um, the Darren Brown thing's VR, isn't it? Yeah, I think Brown, so. That new Darren Brown attraction in the in the train, that's VR. Um, so yeah, it definitely seems to be like a big thing. And I suppose it's a, it's a very cheap way of changing a ride without changing a ride. Because all you're doing is you're adding something to it. You mm. haven't got to change the track. Yeah, that's right. You haven't got to change any of the decoration, decoration. So, I mean, obviously, Kraken's an outdoor coaster, but if you was doing this indoors, for example, you wouldn't have to change any of the kind of theming. Um, you know, the, the headset does it for you. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, the, uh, the the photo they released, the press release with the, um, the artist's interpretation uh, made it seem very thrilling. You'd encounter all kinds of weird and wonderful creatures, and obviously a kraken uh, would be one of those. Um, so, so that's one thing they're, they're going to uh, to be doing as well. I'm surprised they're just they're going to refer Journey to Atlantis though. Mm. Like, what can they really do with it? They're only closing it for five months. I think. Yeah. Mm. Says so Leng- A lengthy refurb this winter. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know what they can do without actually changing the ride itself. It just seems a bit... It felt dated when I went on it six years ago. Whatever it was. Yeah, it's a, you know. it sounds more like a makeover, doesn't it? Mm. Than a, yeah. you know, major change. Yeah, I think that's one of the issues they've got, though, isn't it? Because it is kind of not just a theme park as such. There's not a lot they can really do to change anything. Because they have to take into account the animals that they've got and things like that. It's, it's kind of rock and a hard place, isn't it? Yes. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd argue with that as well, actually. I agree with that. Um, there's a, a apparently a new bubble show <laughs> called the Gazillion Bubble Show. <laughs> now, you West Ham fans would be all right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> would you mean all right? What, what have we got to be all right about at the moment? <laughs> but that's for another podcast. Um, what I don't like... I've got, the, I've got the tagline from it, for it now. Go on. You ready for this? Yep. From Shamu to Shampoo. <laughs> why have they never? That? Why have they never sold bottles of that in the gift shop? I don't know. Shamu poo. Um, <laughs> well, actually, that's probably why because the name sounds. That's, like that's, that's, yeah, that's some, that's something completely different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what I don't like what they call something like the, like the Gazillion Bubble Show. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> if I can't blow those bubbles and there weren't a gazillion, that's grounds for a lawsuit. It's. Uh, oh yeah. It's not good. Um, It'll be. It'll uh, use lasers, lighting effects, and audience participation. Oh no, it won't. Oh yeah, yes, uh, it will. <laughs> uh, and it's it's rumored to be taking place in the uh, the Nautilus Theatre. Anyone have a clue what the Nautilus Theatre is? Because I don't. Um. Well, there was a theatre there that used to be a, like a strongman act. So I don't know. Maybe it was that one. That was quite a big theatre thing. Hmm. I'm going back a long time now. Um, there's another rumour that there's going to be a new nighttime show. Now I've not, yeah. I've not actually, when I've been to SeaWorld, I've never seen a nighttime show. It's always closed mm. before that. And if I'm brutally yeah. honest, I've never stayed there long enough to see one. If, if there was one, um, it's always been a, a very much the one day park for me. Yeah, you know, it's it's. They had the they had, they had the nighttime Shamu show, didn't they? Was it Shamu yes. Rocks America or something like that? Yes. Mm. He didn't. I mean, he didn't play any instruments. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're saying that this will be... Because, uh, so, I mean, obviously they're trying to move away now from having performances by animals, mm-hmm. uh, by killer whales and stuff in their shows. So they're saying that this is probably going to be a, a, a fountain show in the, in the central lake with some lighting effects and use of projection mapping. So, because that's something that's obviously very popular as well now. Although, I mean, I'm a big fan of projection mapping, so I've got no problem with that. Um, mm-hmm. Electric Ocean. So I don't know if they're going to get Eddie Grant to record his his hit from 1987 or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, if I were them, I'd, I'd have a word. So, uh... Sales. Um, I, I mean, they've, they've uh, also announced a few things from their other parts because, I mean, you know, whenever we talk SeaWorld, we think about Orlando, but there's also San Diego and there's, is it Texas? Yep, San Antonio. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, there's uh, there's a new uh, jet ski attraction that they're opening. And if you've seen the Tron coaster, it looks similar to that, but with jet skis. So the vehicles you sit on are jet skis, or look like mm. jet skis. So that could be quite fun, but it's a shame it's it's going it's only going there and not going to uh, the other parts as well. Um, they're also updating Aquatica. Uh, again. It's getting a bird aviary. Right. Uh, I look like it is anyway. Uh, I, don't, I, I quite like, I like that when um, 
at, at, at uh, Discovery Cove. I liked the Lazy River and the Bird Avery there. That was quite fun. You could feed the birds. That was that was quite nice. Um, and I think as well they they're talking about having a a, a special lounge. I think it might be a, like a pass holders lounge or something. They're building there as well. I was reading. There's a, yeah. there's, a, there's a few news stories about, so not everything's in, in just like the one article, unfortunately. But um, there is one interesting thing that they've announced, um, and I, I've got no idea whether other theme parks will, will take suit, but um, there's a new annual pass that they're offering. Okay, So an annual pass normally uh, for SeaWorld is $168. Which I think really is pretty reasonable. Really, yeah. It's you know, it's obviously a lot smaller than you know Disney and everything like that. But that's not bad for like a year. That's what mm-hmm. twelve twelve dollars a sign month, thirteen dollars a month, thereabouts. Yeah, that isn't particularly hard. Um, so you can buy it on your pass, but you can then buy a second pass at the same time for two hundred eight dollars. Now, now I know that sounds ridiculous. Because why would you pay more for a second pass uh, when you're paying 168 for the set for the first pass? But it's because it's called a host pass. So what happens is, Mr. D, you buy an annual pass, and then you decide you're going to buy this other pass as well, the host, uh, like the um, transferable pass. Now I don't think they've got a name for it yet. And so what happens is, you're going next Tuesday, and you go. Oh, Paul, do you fancy coming to SeaWorld with me? And he goes, yes. He goes into the park. But you want to go back on Thursday. Paul can't make it. You want to take Mrs. Dolan. You can with the same pass. As -hmm. long as you go, you can use a second pass for anyone else. Mm, So you're paying for the flexibility. You're paying for flexibility. So you're not stuck with it. Um, just being able to be used by by one person, hence mm-hmm. the slightly higher cost for the second pass. Yeah. But I think that's quite an interesting idea. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Because you know, if you want to take you know some friends with you, or if you've got like a a niece or nephew that you know you're you're looking after for the weekend, and you want to take them, then you'd be able to without having to fork out for an expensive day pass or something. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's pretty good. The the caveat, of course, is being. That, you know the the host uh, past has to be uh, used for the other past to work, so that's that's the right. thing there. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, they're they're trying to turn their fortunes around. Be interested to see what happens. Mm. I think, I think, but uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, was there anything else that anyone wanted to talk about on this show? Not no. yet. No? Mm, okay. Well, in that case, I suppose we should call this episode of Universal After Dark to a close because, uh, well, we're going to shortly be talking about why uh, P-Dubs is going to be falling asleep any minute for being so knackered. So mm. if you want to hear why, what could have possibly happened since the last show, um, then join us over on the, uh, the Dis After Dark feed where we're going right now. So uh, see you later. Ta-da! See you soon!
Dark Podcast Network. Oh.